Well, it is Bedlam Week, and we are following it, of course, right here in the Big 12 Conference. I'm Pete Mundo, and let's welcome on and say hello to Sam Mays. Nobody knows this game, this rivalry better, of course, than him. He's on the radio down there in OKC and also in Tulsa uh, basically all day. He's doing five hours of live and local radio across the state of Oklahoma. So who better? Sam, great to have you on. What is the hype right now? And, of course, former Oklahoma State uh, lineman as well. want to add that in. Now, Sam, as you look at um, where we go from here and, and what this game is going to come down to, I mean, Oklahoma State's favored, but if Oklahoma State's going to get this win, what is going to be the reason behind it? Well, it's going to be that Jim Knowles-led Oklahoma State defense. They've been absolutely exceptional this year. Malcolm Rodriguez really being the star of that group playing middle linebacker. you got to think about it this way, too. They're missing their second and third best players in Trace Ford uh, and, a, and a member of that secondary. Like, it is a, a uh, unbelievable year that those guys are having. They send pressure from everywhere else, everywhere you can find them on the football field, and, and uh, they're exciting to watch. So, yeah, that group will be absolutely the reason why they find a way to get this one done this weekend. Sam, what is the pressure right now in this game for Mike Gundy? We know he's not been good in Bedlam. I think it's, what, 2-14 and 14 over his career. So uh, being a favorite, being at home, still having a chance at a college football playoff, what is that pressure in Stillwater? Or are fans kind of realizing, look at all the coaches that have been fired all over the country. We got it pretty darn good with Mike Gundy, even if he can't win this game. So I would – I would say the pressure on Mike is probably more than you would think considering how good the team is playing. Like 23 to nothing, they beat Texas Tech this last last Mm -hmm. year. And Gundy scored 23 points offensively because that's what he chose to do. That's just the reality of it. Tech was was – they were hopeless offensively. There's no reason for Gundy to get super on the field, so he just went out there and game-managed himself to a shutout victory. Oklahoma State is very, very, very good. And so there's more pressure because it's not like, you know, the difference between Oklahoma State and Cincinnati is Cincinnati, you feel like, is just holding on. Like, they're doing their great job. They're winning their games. They're winning, beating that conference up. But when they play, you just know what's going to happen when, if they were to get a chance at a big-time school. Like, Oklahoma State is, is playing elite-level football, right? There's not any offense in this league. Uh, you're looking at Ohio State's offense is the only one that I'm thinking – that Oklahoma State might struggle with, and that's just because of the, all the NFL players that are out there, like speed and size and Jimmys and Joes win college football games. There's no doubt about that. Ohio State's got a bunch of Jimmys and Joes mm-hmm. on their offense, for sure. But that's the only thing that I feel like is going to prevent them from winning games is if they come across a team that is just significantly more athletic than them because they, that's the kind of football they're playing. So I think there's probably more pressure on Gundy to win this game and to win a Big 12 championship than maybe ever before in his career because he's got a team that should do it. Not a, oh, the Oklahoma State Cowboys are playing with house money coming into Bedlam. They've overachieved this season, which they have done those things. They've overachieved 100%. But they're really, really, really stinking good. And so for them to lose to Oklahoma would be pretty devastating here. For them not to win a Big 12 championship would be pretty devastating because we know that football team is capable of doing. So, yeah, I think he's got more pressure than ever before in this game. How much of it, uh, Sam, is also that this team, I mean, it feels like it's better built to beat Oklahoma than ever before, not just because of OU's struggles, but it's not built in like an Oklahoma light type of fashion, high offense, explosive offense, and not much defense, right? I mean, it's, it's built completely yeah. different from Oklahoma State teams of the past. Yeah, so like crazy, I'm an, I'm an old 
all-American offensive linemen. Like, obviously, I want to believe that the offenses are the greatest units on any field. The reality is defense wins championships. And I'm just telling you, if someone said to me, hey, Sam, I'm going to let you build your own Oklahoma State football team, but you've got to select one entire unit to start this process. You can choose the 2011 Oklahoma State offense led by Brandon Whedon, or you could choose this year's Oklahoma State defense led by Malcolm Rodriguez, and I 100% would choose this defense, mm-hmm. period, mm-hmm. without a question. That's how good that group is. And it's a completely different look for Oklahoma State. And what this has really done on the offensive end for the Cowboys is allowed Sanders to go in there as an imperfect man because he is. He's not a perfect quarterback. He's not an NFL guy. He's just a damn good football player. And guess what he gets to do now? Just play football. Yeah. He gets to just go play football. He's got a bunch of guys in that offense that have been bailing him out all year long. Great receivers making great catches. Running backs running hard. Offensive line doing their best to pass protect and run block. And they're finding a way offensively with Sanders' creativity. It's really kind of the catalyst of it all. And Gundy's giving him the ability to do that. But at the end of the day, Jim Knowles is the reason why the offense is allowed to be as carefree as they have been. Why Sanders is allowed to go out there and make mistakes and they can take risks down the field and things like that, knowing that he's not a perfect quarterback because they know they have a support system behind them and that defense that is really second to only one team in the league, in my opinion, and that's Georgia. So it is uh, – it's an incredible opportunity across the board for, for Mike Gundy for Oklahoma State, but he's got. it's kind of hard to look at this group and think anything other than they're going to have success. Before we continue with uh, Sam Mays, let me tell you about our friends at MyBookie. And, guys, last weekend of the season, then it's the Big 12 championship, then it's bowl season, and you still can take advantage, and you should take advantage if you have not, of our promo code at mybookie.com, which is big 12, that's big one, two, because you double your money on your first-time deposit. You've got Thanksgiving NFL games this weekend. Uh, you'll have the big 12 games on Friday and Saturday. Our picks went 4-1 and one last week. It's where I place all of our bets, and it really is a huge way to help this show keep growing. They're an important partner for us, um, and they continue to be, for several years, an important partner for us. But the way to do it is, and the reason that they continue to be a loyal partner, is because you sign up with my bookie, And that's why they created this promo code for Heartland College Sports listeners. That's Big 12, Big 1-2, and they double your money in your account, no questions asked. Great time to do it. Thanksgiving NFL weekend, final weekend of the college football season. Get on it, mybookie.com, promo code Big 12. That's Big 1-2. Yeah. Now, what about uh, just what's happening with Oklahoma right now, Sam? I mean, fans are going nuts, freaking out about LSU taking away Lincoln Riley. I I mean, you know, there's the on-field struggles, of course, that have taken place. Even sitting there with one loss, anyone watching this team knows that uh, this team has some real struggles and real issues. What What is the uh, theme? What are the thoughts on what's happening right now in Norman right now going into this game? Uh, well, obviously, people are are frustrated here. This is a season that a lot of people felt like Oklahoma was going to be a national championship contender, and it wasn't just the people here in the in the Sooner State, right? This was mm-hmm. a national conversation coming into this year. Uh, guys like Kirk Herbstreit, for the first time in a decade, you know, are not just talking about how Oklahoma doesn't play defense. They're talking about the Sooners and their ability to maybe get one uh, done this year, led by Spencer Rattler coming into the year where you know he was going to be great, and he's going to chase the Heisman, he's going to get drafted high, and all the things. Well. That fell apart pretty quick, and I think a lot of it is just due to the lack of offensive line play that they have. Like, at the end of the day, Pete, if OU's offensive line was good, right, just normal good, then they would absolutely find themselves 
in a position where Rattler would still be the starter, right? He would still be the starter, and he would be chasing a Heisman Trophy right now if that offensive line is good, but they're not good. And so Rattler can't play because he has no mobility. Like, that's the biggest issue. So, I don't know, man. I don't know where these guys go from, uh, from, from I mean, in regards to what they do now at that quarterback spot, you just rely on Caleb Williams' athleticism, and that's what they've been attempting to do all season long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think, I mean, just out of curiosity, what do you think the future is for Spencer Rattler in that program? Say that one more time. What do you think the future is for Spencer Rattler with that program? Oh, I think, he, I think he's gone. I think that's a – I think he is uh, probably headed to a greener pasture somewhere else. I can't imagine – like, you know, rumor is, sources are saying whatever you want to say, that his attitude hasn't been great uh, since that benching, and I can only imagine that. Uh, so I, I can't imagine he'll be a part of the roster next season. And I think that's okay because Caleb Williams, I think, is, the, is an absolute truth. I think that kid is a superstar in the making for sure, but they got to do something up front. So, Sam, what about uh, Lincoln Riley? I mean, is he perceived to be still a happy guy in Norman being the head coach of the Sooners? Is this something that he is still very content and pleased with, this job and this location? I, yeah, I think so. Uh, I, you know, I think you got to look at his mentor and Bob Stoops and, you know, Bob got here in 2000 and raised a family, you know, built a brand and became uh, one of the greatest college football coaches of, of all time. I think Riley very much recognizes what the opportunity to work at the University of Oklahoma brings. I think Joe Clastiglione, if there was a, you know, if there was going to be a first chancellor of college football, it'd be, it would be Joe C. Uh, he's done an incredible job building a supportive um, academic and athletic institution that focuses not only on the student athlete and their ability to play whatever game they're there for, but the student in general, the person in general. And when you look at NIL and, and everything that that brings to the table, I think Oklahoma is the perfect place to continue to, to build your, you know, your coaching prowess. Like that's, I mean, it's an excellent place to work. I think Lincoln gets that. Is there better recruits in Louisiana? Yes. Are there better recruits, you know, within, or can you find, uh, 25 star, four star kids within, I don't know, 100 square miles of Baton Rouge? The answer is yes. All right. You can barely find 24 Division one prospects in the state of Oklahoma. I get that. But at the end of the day, as far as the big picture, your family, uh, and, and everything else that goes into this decision, I can't imagine that he would do anything but stay at Oklahoma at this point. He just doesn't necessarily seem like a, a glory chaser. Uh, and I think he understands what he's built so far and what he can continue to build Norman. How has he proceeded with the media? You know, it seems like there's some squawking lately about how people say they don't really know Lincoln Riley. I mean, he does do a lot of coach speak. He's not a great soundbite. Um, is, what is that relationship like with the media? I mean, it's pretty sterile, right? I mean, the way that they go through their, uh, their Tuesday press conferences, one of my colleagues and co-hosts here in Oklahoma, John Hoover, is one of the most respected media members in this region, and he's got some real frustrations with, like, lack of access. You know, they go sit in a room for this press conference on a, uh, on a Tuesday. They have to raise their hands, and they get put on the list, and rarely do they get to ask a lot of follow-up questions. And, you know, it's a very controlled, sterile uh, situation there in, in the, you know, in the OU media press conferences, and I think that's just kind of how they want it. They're not necessarily given the opportunity to get to know Lincoln Riley. I think that's going to be what the frustration is with the press. Uh, I think he's a very nice guy. He's a super professional guy. You know, Bob used to bite at you a little bit when he didn't like something that you said. Lincoln doesn't necessarily do that. You know, I think he's just, he's very modern day, 2021, when universities can control their own narrative, when social media is a main source of, of college sports fans, 
uh, information seeking and they can just tweet out and Instagram and whatever they want to and tell their story that way. Yeah. I mean, they, the media members in general across the board, I would feel like in these major schools that they cover just don't have the access they used to. So there's frustration for sure, but I think he's likable. You know, I don't think anybody dislikes Lincoln Riley by any means. Yeah, no, I, that's not the vibe I get either. All right, Sam, so this game on Saturday, I, I don't know if you've done your predictions down there on your radio show or you've uh, shared down there what exactly you think is going to happen on Saturday night in Stillwater, but uh, take us through here your thoughts on this game and how it plays out. Well, if Oklahoma is, is going to find a way to win this game, it's going to be their offensive line and one week figures out how to read a defense and they do a good job in the pre-snap deciding what the Oklahoma state defense is going to attempt to do in regards to bringing pressure. And and I just can't imagine that's going to happen. So what they're going to see is really the Cowboys are going to stay true to who they, who they are. It's about, you know, cover one, uh, trust your corners, trust your secondary members to play man coverage, blitz like your hair is on fire from all over the place. And Oklahoma's offensive line is going to have to find a way to protect. And I just I just can't see that they get that done. I think this is very similar of a score to what you've seen in the last four outings for Oklahoma State. I think the Sooners will probably get to somewhere near 10 or 14 points because of, of Caleb Williams as being an X-Factor type player. But I think Oklahoma State beats their butts. I think this is probably a 14-point win. Honestly, it could be worse. Like, you know, no one – I'm sitting there in the middle of the third quarter or second quarter last week and watching them play Tech going – they're not going to score at all this game. Like they can't, There's nothing they could do to score points. And I don't know that Oklahoma is not going to find themselves in that same situation just based off of what we've seen here lately. That offense is about as disjointed as they've ever been. And I think, once again, it comes down to their offensive line's inability to be consistent. And now when it comes to pressure and being assignment safe, you know, knowing your assignments and executing your assignments, I, I just it's going to be too much for the Sooners for sure. Very interesting. Can't wait for Saturday night. Sam Mays right here on the show. Sam, great to have you on. Thanks so much for being here, my friend. We appreciate it. Thanks, Pete. Great to have on Sam Mays. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. It's great to be here with you each and every week. And, of course, leave us that rating and review on the podcast. It's how you get a free Heartland College Sports koozie. Go to iTunes, leave me a rating and a review, send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we will get that koozie all set up for you guys in the mail. A small token of our appreciation for doing that. It helps us grow this show. That's that's a big part of how this show gets out there. We don't have the ESPN marketing budget behind us, but we're kicking their butt in terms of Big 12 and college football podcasts because of you guys. And don't forget about our friends at MyBookie.com. Our promo code, Big 12. Our picks this week are going to be great. The promo code is Big 12. And that's how you double your sign-up bonus out of the gates. Double that sign-up bonus today. MyBookie.com. Promo code, Big 12. That's Big 1-2.